Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Wrestling with God podcast. My name is Alan Welchel. This is episode three. Today, we're going to be talking about the biggest wrestling match of all time. All right, everybody. I'm so glad you're back with me on episode three of the Wrestling With God podcast. It has been a thrill doing the first two. I hope you've enjoyed them. I know I've enjoyed doing them, getting this podcast kicked off, launched, and off the ground. And, man, it's been so fun and so exciting to think about things to share and how to how to put some of this stuff together that, that I feel the Lord's showing me. So today, like I mentioned in the beginning, we're going to be talking about the biggest match of all time. And uh, when I say biggest, I'm talking about importance. I'm talking about uh, value. I'm talking uh, that there, there's a weight to it. I'm not saying like weight, like weight on the next podcast to show, I'm talking about W-E-I-G-H-T. <laughs> I had to think about the spelling. Uh, weight, it meant something. Good Lord, it meant something. So, uh, yeah, yeah, today uh, we're talking about the biggest match of all time, the biggest wrestling match of all time. So what does people think when they hear about uh, a, a phrase like that, the biggest wrestling match of all time. Some people may call it the greatest wrestling match of all time, or, or not this one that I'm going to be talking about, but when they talk about what, what they feel like is the most important. And, you know, just in my lifetime, goodness, uh, just to name a few, uh, I'm going to leave a lot out, so forgive me for that. But just thinking about the time I started following wrestling, you know, that was back when. Uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair were going back and forth, and uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, after that, and you know, uh, right in there, maybe in between, was Andre and Hogan, at WrestleMania three, and you know, on through the years, the match I talked a lot about last week, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then Stone Cold. Ended up going on to have a have great matches with The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson for for the the movie fans out there. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you know you know they who they who he is. <laughs> so uh, you know Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. God, they had some classics, and even more recent, uh, some stuff I'm getting into is uh, some of these guys from the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada, and they've had some classics. And, you know, some guys, uh, some of the people, some of the influential guys like Dave Meltzer out there, the 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 guys that put together the newsletters, they, they feel like their matches are so good they're off the, off the ratings charts. So uh, anyways, I thought about making this episode number three in honor of that match between Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania three because truthfully, that's probably the first big wrestling match I remember as a kid. 
and I guess that was 1987. So I was I was about to turn seven at that time, and I just remember the excitement. And I know they wrestled before, and you know there was a lot of history there. And and truthfully, these you know I, I left off the so many that happened before I was born. And I'm, I'm I'm not as familiar with that. I don't want to insult anybody. Uh, there's plenty of wrestling historians out there that would be be able to share more about those. But I know there was there was a lot of greats. Uh, I know uh, so many greats. I could name you know a few off the top of my head. But as far as actual matches go, that's where I'm a little I'm a little I'm, I'm limited. So, anyways, Andre and Hogan. That was just that match. I couldn't wait to see it. And this was back in the days before DVR, before I, I don't even remember if we had cable. I remember we had that big old satellite out in the backyard. And I remember that match happening. And I knew the night that it was happening. And we weren't able to see it. Um, but I was wanting to see it as soon as possible. As I wanted to get a hold of some tape from somebody. And I can't remember how long it took for me to see it after the live event happened. But, man, I just remember the anticipation. I remember the just the my excitement to, to just see this match. Because, man, I've been seeing these guys go after each other on TV and, you know, get these two larger-than-life characters just facing off. And I knew... I knew that match was just gonna gonna be so awesome, and as a kid, it was awesome. You know, looking back as you know as a man, and there's so many, there's been so many other great matches since then. Yeah, the for the wrestling fan, the match quality may not have been the best, but it was still a huge match in terms of history, in terms of just the milestone for that era in the wrestling business. I, I think that one's up there. Um, you know, a lot of people say it wasn't even the best match of the WrestleMania three show, and I could probably agree with that. But I don't, I don't think you're you're gonna get a agreement out of me that it wasn't the biggest match on the card. That's what those ninety three thousand, give or take, depending on which wrestling news site you read, those ninety three thousand people showed up to see. They showed up to see those big giants. Those big behemoths show up, and Andre ended up getting body slammed by Hulk Hogan, and the people left happy. Hulk Hogan walked out the WWF champion. So in honor of that, at WrestleMania 3, Episode 3, again, is all about the biggest wrestling match of all time. And yes, since this is the Wrestling With God podcast, we're going to talk about another wrestling match that took place in the Bible. And I already mentioned before, it's not quite the same as the wrestling match that Jacob had with God, but what it is, it's really a a wrestling match that resembles more of the kinds of wrestling matches that we as individuals, we as men and women, believers in God, 
or maybe unbelievers, maybe somebody who's still searching. But it's the kind of wrestling match that we have. And the match I'm talking about is Jesus praying in the garden before Judas and whatever uh, the group consisted of, the Pharisees, the Roman soldiers, that big party that came looking for Jesus before the kiss from Judas to reveal who the, uh, Jesus was to those other men. It was before that betrayal. It was before the beating. It was before the crucifixion. And Jesus himself knew what was coming. So this wrestling match that I'm referring to is that time in prayer. And I'm about to read the few verses that describe it. But it's that time in prayer that he spent where his humanity became all too real. And he had to basically tell himself and tell his father God what he had going on inside him, the, the internal wrestling match that he had going on inside him. And he had to pray through it, and then he had to basically do the honors, as they say in the wrestling business. So let me read it. This is straight out of Mark chapter 14 and verse 32. Then they came to a place, this is Jesus and some of the disciples, which was named Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he, Jesus, began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. And I'm going to give some credit to my pastor uh, that I mentioned in episode one, Ron Carpenter, uh, for bringing this to my attention over the years, um, this particular moment. You know, of course, it's a crucial moment in the, in the, the Christian story, in the, the life of Jesus, and there's going to be be this crucial moment inside this crucial moment that is where it all turns. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but Jesus up to this point, you know, he's done the miracles. He's performed the healings and... 
you know, made the meals for thousands out of uh, two loaves and five fishes, uh, you know, uh, just all these great miracles. Uh, you know, delivered uh, people from demons and so many things that, that the crowds followed him. The crowds were wanting more. But, you know, we hear all the time, even Jesus had to go get alone. Even Jesus had to go uh, get quiet times with the Lord, with his Father God. So here's another moment where he he even has to separate himself from the three that he asked to go with him, uh, Peter, James, and John. So um, the reason he had to go pray this, because he knew what was to come. And even though he had done all those miracles and all those great things, he hadn't completed his purpose. And in knowing what was to come, he knew what his purpose was and knew that for the rest of us, he had to go through what he had to go through. So leading up to the beating, the crucifixion, he had to get along. And all that distress, all that uh, that troubled soul like we have, all, all that worry and fear, and I couldn't even imagine, you know, how, because there was the physical and the mental side to that, but then there was also that spiritual side. It was all wrapped up in that moment. And, you know, words in the Bible can only... Uh, tell so much, but just thinking about that moment and the weight on, on uh, Jesus' shoulders, uh, just thinking about what his future held, his immediate future held, as a human, human being, God in man form, thinking about what that future held it got to him. The human side came out, however briefly, however long. He, uh, verse 33 says, he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. However long that really went on, he showed that he was as human as the rest of us. But then he, as he prayed, there was a shift. He prayed in verse 36, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you, meaning you can do anything. Take this cup away from me, meaning get me out of here. <laughs> but this next word, and this next word, again, I give credit to my, my pastor, Ron Carpenter, for pointing this out. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Ron Carpenter made the point different times over the years that our salvation was won right there because that human side was catching up to Jesus, knowing what was to come, knowing the pain, the suffering, the spiritual agony, torment he was about to have to face. All of a sudden, 
he didn't want any part of it, just like any of us would, wouldn't want any part of it. But then that shift took place in the middle of verse 36, and he said, nevertheless, nevertheless. So how many times have we been in a situation that we didn't want to face that we might have felt was way too big for us, and it probably really was. And we just had to get in that quiet place, and we had to wrestle with God, and we had to pray, and we had to read the Word, and we had to look for hope in the Word, and we had to find something. We had to hear something from God. And how many times does that shift happen for us when we get in that moment and make that just the the cry that God knows we're experiencing but we actually let it out and we actually tell him what he already knows about the way we're feeling and how many times does prayer change things Good Lord, how many times? Countless. And yes, that's one, one point I want to make. But the second point, as we wrestle with God, we've got that choice. We've got the power of the choice, just like Jesus did right here when he said, nevertheless, not your will, but not my will, but your will. It's about to negate the whole episode here. Listen to me. Um, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will, God. Our kinds of wrestling matches, we we don't go out in front of the crowds. It may happen in front of crowds from time to time where we have our own internal battles and Internal struggles play out in front of front of a group or in front of our families and in front of people at work, but so many times they happen when we're alone, just like Jesus was alone right here in the garden. We might be in a situation that we don't know the answer to we might we might be in a place where we don't know how to get out of. But that match, wrestling with ourselves, wrestling with God is so necessary and so important. And I believe it is blessed. And I'm running out of time here, but I just wanted to tell you that this is, this is the kind of thing that led me to creating this podcast because I've had these moments and I've, I want to share a bunch of them right now. But again, we're up against the end of the episode here and I can't, I can't explain how important they've been in my life. And one quick example, and I make this real quick, is really when I became a Christian, it was preceded by a wrestling match within myself because I was in a situation 
that I didn't I didn't know the solution to, but I knew that there was a God above that knew what the future held for me, and He had good things planned for me. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. So I just want to end with a bit of encouragement. No matter what you're going through, no matter if it's something that you feel like it's out of your hands or not, that there's always, always hope to be had. But you've got that choice. You can either give it up or you can hold on to it. And you can say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And I promise you, his will is good. Guys, thank you for listening. God bless you. We'll see you next week.